probably shouldn't touch the microphone while my intro music is happening. It's Kevin Bay with another semi-regular episode. Like, maybe now it's semi-regular. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe it'll be regular, maybe it won't. An episode of That's All I Got. Because that's the best name I could come up I could come up with for this podcast. Because this is just really nothing about nothing in particular other than things that I'm thinking about at the time. This one, let's see, I think this is this episode's gonna go out on what day is this gonna go out on? September 4th, I think. Let me check. Um, you'd think I'd be more organized, but I'm not. Yeah, so it'll be episode number 33, September 4th. And I'm going to talk about Vivek Rhymes with Cake Ramaswamy. And the only reason is they, um, or his campaign, they put up a kind of a FAQ, an FAQ or a fact check page for things that uh, people attribute to him or news media or opponents or whatever, things that they've attributed to him, which at least I've, you know, he's said the exact opposite or said something totally different um, or has fully explained, you know, whatever the situation is. So, oh, what the heck, my mouse is going crazy. Let me get over there. I just finished a different podcast, so and this one I'm just flying off the cuff. More than usual. But he's got a page called Truth Over Myth. And it talks about his, people question his world, connections with the World Economic Forum, um, supporting legalizing hard drugs, doesn't support Israel. Um, a Trojan horse for George Soros. I know the big one was um, that he's part of Big Pharma and made tons of money on a failed Alzheimer's drug. And um, It's good that he put this out because even I've been answering questions from people that I know who, you know, they know I've been kind of keeping track of his campaign kind of um, the reason is that he the things that he says i've been saying for a good part of the last three decades including the part about getting getting rid of the department of education um all the things he talks about culturally that the united states um the american culture is sort of has sort of rotted away and i've even told my kids when they were growing up that you know, in school, you know, my kids are millennials. And when they went to school, um, even though they went to private school, the, the public, you know, the public schools, they weren't teaching a reverence for the country. The private school did a pretty good job. So I think as millennials go, my kids probably are um, more respected, uh, respectful and have a, have a more, more of a reverence for the country the Constitution than than most millennials. I mean, they were both 
educated um, at universities, so some of whatever my indoctrination into the country um, probably has eroded a bit. But I think by and large, they understand where I'm coming from, what my positions are. Uh, and they, they may not agree with all of them, but I think they understand that there's a love for a country, especially for the, the U.S. Constitution and the elegance of its design. And the reason I'm bringing up Vivek Ramaswamy is um, this fact page. And I'm, I'm glad he put it out there because I know people are suspicious of him. I'm suspicious of him. You know, the guy comes out of practically nowhere. Never heard of him before this year. And when they come out of nowhere and they're saying all the right things, all the things that I've been saying myself around my little circle, things I've been thinking about for decades, and almost almost all of his positions is where I've been. You know, I, I've never considered, though, you know, when he talks about um, shutting down the FBI, something I've never necessarily considered, but as somebody who has worked in industries that are regulated by the federal government, I'm all for shutting down as many parts of the administrative state as we can. And I think some of his ideas with shutting down the FBI by, and it's, it's not what people have been saying, and that's another thing he needs to add to this fact, um, because he doesn't, have, he doesn't have anything in here about it. Um, when he talks about shutting down the FBI, it's not just like close the doors of the FBI, fire all the FBI agents, and get rid of you know all the crimes that they're investigating, just dump it all. No, he's talking about taking the best of who's there. And in particular, he talks about the agents themselves, most of the agents, the, the frontline agents that work the cases, and folding them into other law enforcement agencies, agencies, agencies such as uh, the federal marshals the U.S. Marshal Service. And he's gone through this in different presentations, point by point by point. And it makes a whole lot of sense. You get rid of a, one layer of bureaucracy and take one agent, another agency that already exists, and which he talks about spreading it out across, I think, uh, the U.S. Marshals, the ATF, the DEA, and I'm sure there's another alphabet soup agency that he talked about spreading it out to. So some things like that I've never really thought of or even kind of thought that it was possible, but it was a very intriguing idea. And, you know, when, when you get a candidate that comes out of nowhere like that and starts speaking all these things that you've been thinking, you're, it's too good to be true almost. You know, so I, I remain skeptical. You know, all you can do right now is take him at his word and as far as I know you know things on this fact page that he's stated nobody has been able to refute anything that he's that he's put here now the one with uh, the, the Alzheimer's drug that one's still making the rounds but he's done a full explanation there, there's an interview with him and Jordan Peterson where he fully explains it all and how the company that handled the Alzheimer's drug did lose money 
the parent company that that um, was invested in the subsidiary lost money, and that he could have sold shares. It would have been totally legal for him to do it before the drug failed, but he didn't, and neither did the parent company. So unless somebody's able to prove it wrong, other than just saying that he made money off of a failed drug, you know, I think you got to take him at his word. I haven't seen anybody prove it otherwise. And when you're looking at a candidate for president or a candidate for any office, pardon the squeaks, that's my keyboard drawer. But a candidate for any, any type of office, what's your alternative? And when you're looking at that, that last debate, all the other candidates up there talk about some of the things that Ramaswamy was talking about, and they've been talking about similar things for decades. And they haven't done anything about it. They just they, they talk about it during the campaign, and then when they're in office, very little happens. Very little. Because the entrenched administrative state pushes back extremely hard. And, um, you know, what, what's your alternative? Go with these people that have been doing this for decades and have never accomplished the things that they are talking about accomplishing. They might get one or two things checked off, but most of the time what they talk about is just to fundraise for the next campaign. So is that is that really your alternative to just go with these people that have that have promised it for decades and never never come through? And those are their careers. Being in public office or in some other form or fashion in quote unquote public service, that's their career. Government was never supposed to be a career. It was supposed to be something that citizens did. They serve their time in office, and then they go back to the private sector. That way we have fresh people, new ideas, people coming from the private sector into the public sector because they have the experience of what it's like to actually live out here. But once, you know, these guys, once they leave the private sector, they get into office, they don't leave. They continue um, this, on this path of perpetual election, perpetual re-election. And when it comes to Ramaswamy, uh, early on, you know, because of what he was saying, he was easily the most libertarian candidate ever to make such a splash. Um, yeah, there was Ron Paul, there was Rand Paul, and Ron Paul, I think, actually ran under the Libertarian ticket at one point. But I think mostly they stay on the Re- Republican side because you can't really get anywhere um, if you register as a Libertarian or you you know, try to become a candidate on the Libertarian ticket. You're never going to get anywhere. The Democrat and Republican side, uh, they're, they're just too strong in controlling the elections. And this is where, you know, Ramaswamy is very smart. He, he comes out and, and he has said that he's using the Republican Party as a tool to get into office, basically. Because he doesn't really align with Republicans. He doesn't really align with Democrats. 
And, you know, from what he says, he's trying to unite the the vast middle. And but that he's trying to unite the vast middle by not going down the middle of the road. He's a fairly conservative libertarian. You know, socially I believe he's he's conservative, far more conservative than I am. You know, his ten points where um religion kinda takes the forefront. He talks about, you know, belief in God. You know, which I don't have. I'm an I'm agnostic essentially. Yeah, I don't think anybody can prove one way or the other the existence, non-existence of God. So I don't even waste my time on it. If people want to believe, they can believe. You know, uh, belief in God is faith-based. If you have faith, that's fine. It doesn't bother me. If you don't have faith, that's fine. That doesn't bother me either. And the way the way he even if you just talking about God on this stream of thought, the way he presents himself um, as just strictly a belief in God, he's Hindu, and I don't think most of the places he goes to, I don't even think they give it a second thought that he's Hindu. It's not that he hides it either. He he stated it in many forums. I've seen him talk about it. He talks about it in uh, in his I think in his second book. I don't think he talked about it in the first book, Woke Inc. But in the second book, uh, Nation of Victims, oh, I think that's the title, he definitely talks about being Hindu there. But when he's out in, in front of a crowd and he talks about belief in God and having faith, he talks about it in a generic sense, which would apply to anybody who has a religion and a belief in God. So that it, He's covering Christians, Catholics, Jews, Muslims, whoever, whoever else out there has a belief in God, and Hindus, I would assume. So I think it's very smart the way he does that. Um, and back to him being libertarian, uh, the first presidential election he voted in, he voted libertarian, and then he didn't vote again until 2020. He talks about that very openly, and he approaches that in a smart manner, where People press him on it like, oh, you haven't been involved. You haven't voted. And he said, I haven't voted because I was disinterested, disaffected, I think is the word he uses. Because, and if, and I was the exact same way, although I voted anyway. You know, it's, it, each and every one of those elections, you know, you just kind of held your nose. And during the, the 2016 election, Trump versus Hillary, I didn't vote for either one of them. I voted for the libertarian candidate because I couldn't. I could not vote for either one of them because I didn't want either one of them in the in office and I was more than willing to put my vote to the libertarian side and let the rest of the country decide what was going to happen. It was just entertaining that Trump got elected. I fully expected Hillary Hillary to get elected. Uh, but following Vivek, and I, I'm... You know, because he's so new and I don't know anything about him, I try to pick up every interview that I can from all sides. And he will talk to anybody. He's talked to every little podcast I can see that has any any type of following. And he takes the questions unscripted. No other candidate's doing this. And that's what is so impressive to me and why I keep an open mind about him because he doesn't seem to be 
even though he even though he's very smooth and he's hard to pin down, he's ve- he's very prepared, very smart. None of it seems scripted at all. You know, and his stance on getting rid of the administrative state, or at least reducing it in size in a massive way, is revolutionary, which is a word that he loves to use as well. Not in a violence way, but in a in a way that um recalls the founding of the country and the revolutionary ideas of the U.S. Constitution and self-governance. And I've been ideologically libertarian for decades, and I'm fiscally conservative, where I don't like the government to, to take and spend a lot of our money, but I'm pretty socially liberal, where I don't really care about gay marriage, I don't care about... um you know, most things that people want to do, um, I'm very much a, you know, knock your socks off. You want to go do that? Go ahead. As long as you're not messing with anybody else, as long as you're not stepping on their toes or infringing upon their rights, I, I don't care what you want to do. You know, if it's not violating laws that have been agreed agreed upon, although there are a bunch of laws that need to be taken off the books, but whatever. The laws that are there, you're not breaking any laws. You're not hurting anybody, and you're just sticking to yourself. It's fine by me. You can do what you want. That's what keeps me from being really a Republican or a Democrat, because both of those sides want to control what you do. They want to control what you think, how you feel. And where your money goes. Pardon my breathing on the microphone. In my view, you know, I don't I don't even know what the libertarian party what their platform is. I just know principle-wise what a libertarian at least in my view is some um somebody who has the closest ideology that mirrors the U.S. Constitution. And when I look at the Constitution and I read it, what I see is a document that's supposed to be designed where the federal government is there to represent the country internationally. It's there to resolve disputes between the states and enforce you know, our mother document, the U.S. Constitution, as the law of the land. So that way state laws local laws that violate the Bill of Rights and other items in the Constitution, any any of the amendments, are deemed illegal, unconstitutional. And then you go down a level to state government. State government is there to represent the people of the state to the federal government. That's why we only have two senators per state. They're there to resolve disputes between local governments within the state and disputes between citizens and other entities within the state. And they're also there to enforce each state's laws and its each state's constitution or whatever founding documents they have. And then local government, which to me is supposed to be the government, 
that we're all supposed to be more closely connected to, which we don't seem to be. We seem to be furthest from the local government and more tightly in tuned with the federal government, which is upside down. Because the local government that you have is there to serve you directly. So your town, your county, you know, your school boards, any of, any of these elected public offices, they're there closest to the people. And being that close, that, that's where you can get your genuine change. And as long as you're not violating state charters, state constitutions, state laws, your community should be free to do as it pleases. Now, I understand that's not the real world that we live in. The world that we live in is really controlled top-down, not bottom-up. And it's upside-down to me. So I, I, I'm not living in some fantasy land. I know where we are. So in thinking this out and moving it all back around to Vivek rhymes with cake, Vivek Ramaswamy, what I'd like people to do is when you're looking at a candidate for president, they're human beings. They're going to be flawed in some form or fashion. There's going to be something wrong with them. There's not a single one. What the heck? My dog is making all kinds of noise. There's not a single one among them that hasn't done something wrong. There's not a single person alive that hasn't done something wrong or something people don't agree with, something they don't, they find um, objectionable. As long as they're not breaking any laws and whatever that they've done that might be unethical isn't too egregious. Hold on a second. Let me, this dog. Godfrey, stop. Godfrey. His name's Godfrey, by the way, in case you didn't hear that. Uh, where was I? Okay. Yeah, so as long as... You know, they're, they're not doing anything terribly egregious. They're, they're going to make mistakes. There's going to be things you're not going to agree with. There's not going to be a single perfect candidate out there. So stop looking for it. you got to find somebody that's more closely aligned with how you, what you believe, um, what you think is for the future of the country. So when it comes to Vivek Ramaswamy, he's a young man. He's just a little older than my own children. But let's not throw that out. I mean, the founding fathers were all fairly young compared to current politicians. You know, and I think Ramaswamy likes to bring up Thomas Jefferson, who was in his 30s or whatever when he wrote the... Oh, shoot. Is it the... I always get it confused. Declaration of Independence... Wasn't that it? <laughs> you know, I can never remember. I'm terrible with history. Declaration of Independence. Ch -ch 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 -ch. 
Yeah, Thomas Jefferson, Committee of Five. I can never remember. And I know he didn't write the Constitution, so I don't even know why. Why I have I, why I brain fart on that every single time. But anyway, so again, I mean, you know, some somebody like me who pays attention to this kind of stuff in my own way. And I have a reverence for the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and I still can't remember. Was it Thomas Jefferson that wrote that, or was it the U.S. Constitution? Because I, I get them all screwed up every single time. Even though I know better. But, you know, when people make mistakes, it makes them human. And they're all, they all do it. I do it. I just did it. But they don't disqualify people from giving their opinion. They don't disqualify people from taking office. If you look at him as compared, even, so let's, let's look at the Trump supporters. Trump supporters, you know, the blind Trump supporters love Donald Trump. I think if you were to compare the quality of the character of the two men between Vivek Ramaswamy and Donald Trump, I think Ramaswamy would win hands down. And, you know, they're very, they're very similar in, I don't, in, uh, in their accomplishment, let's say, you know, running multi-billion dollar companies, you know, uh, in that, Trump is a real estate developer while Ramaswamy is a biotech investor and pharmaceutical uh, manufacturer, basically. Or, um, yeah, I guess so, manufacturer, because they got FDA approval for some of these. I don't know who exactly is manufacturing them or if they're just research and development, but I think if, if you're looking at the two, why waste your time with Trump? He's too old. He's only got one term left to go. And he's got this baggage where so much of the country really can't stand him because of his bombastic nature, his uh, penchant for exaggerating. And, you know, who, I don't really care. You know, I, I, I know an exaggeration and bullshit when I hear it. So I, I can ignore it. I can ignore the baloney that he says and appreciate any accomplishments he has in office. With Ramaswamy, he's, he's definitely confident. Might be a little overconfident at times. But he's not, he doesn't have that same toxic boastfulness that Trump has. And he's young. So this is a guy that if he can get moving, get elected, and let's say he, he accomplishes 5%, of the platform he's put out there. If he accomplishes 5%, it would be the most radical presidency probably ever. <laughs> probably since uh, the New Deal. It would probably be the most radical realigning of the administrative state, the executive branch, probably even the, uh, the legislative branch. I would imagine there's going to be a huge realignment there 
if Ramaswamy were to ever make it into office. But my, you know, my main point as I've meandered around libertarianism and the Constitution screwing up Thomas Jefferson, whether or not he wrote the Declaration of Independence, libertarianism and Vivek Ramaswamy, my, my main point is, since he put out that fact, because that fact that he has there is good, because there's so many times I need to answer questions for people because they're so in they're so suspicious and the 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 zone has been flooded with negative information now about Ramaswamy, in particular to his company Royvent, the George Soros thing, which he's never had a part of. It's with a different organization, uh, a brother of George Soros, but a different organization altogether. And they, they take those and they see that negative and they're like, oh, we can't have this guy. Well, I think if you go look at Trump, Trump's got tons more negatives than Vivek Ramaswamy. So stop looking for that perfect candidate. He doesn't exist. She doesn't exist. She doesn't exist. I'll be inclusive there. Instead, try to take these guys at their word until something has been has proven them wrong or proven what they said as being wrong or that they lied. Because that's that's your that's the best thing that you can go on. And you really can't use the regular media as your filter. Because they're the, they're the main liars. They spread lies about everybody. In particular, Republican candidates. But yeah, that, that's my main point. Let's not, let's not take a candidate that looks so promising. I mean, remain skeptical. I'm still skeptical, and I'm still looking for that one thing. They're like, oh, okay. This is the one thing that, that brings down his entire thing like a house of cards. Because to me, that'll keep him honest. It'll also keep me looking for that, that thing that's like, okay, this is why this guy's too good to be true. So you can stay skeptical, but don't stay skeptical or too cynical to the point where you're going to toss out probably the most promising candidate for president of the United States that we've had and I know in my lifetime since, you know, I'm 56. You know, instead be more, be more pragmatic. This might be the guy that people uh, can rally around. And don't you think it'd be entertaining to say President Ramaswamy? And that's all I got.